I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers. With me is Declan Kitchener, my co-host. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. I Yesterday I was up for about 48 hours and I actually had some sleep last night, so I'm feeling good and rested and happy and positive and yes, and wait, the world's still ending, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, is this the first time on the show you've come onto the show with a really positive, sunny outlook? And then uh, you, at the it, end, you, you drew it back. Yeah, I, I can't be happy for too long. It's my brand. <laughs> that sentence went, do 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 at the end. <laughs> now the world's it still sounded like It sounded like the countdown theme when you do it like that. So for those of you who don't know about the Weekly Song Podcast, where have you been? Um, what Declan and I do is we each write our own songs in the space of a week. So there's a time limit on this. And then we bring them to this show and we talk to each other about how we wrote them, including the chords, uh, the lyrics that we included um, and the influences and all sorts of things that goes into songwriting um, so that we can grow as songwriters and hopefully help you do the same in that process. Uh, this is episode 86. And Ooh. this week, I believe it's uh, my turn to uh, quote unquote play my song first. But obviously we're recording in isolation because of the 2020 lockdown thing. For you future yes. historians we're, we're staying safe no one has done anything contrary to the lockdown this week at all are you talking about yourself <laughs> yes. oh right Just, well i mean the whole nation the whole nation <laughs> oh yes 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 well um so yeah i have a song this week um and obviously pre-recorded um and yeah so uh should we just jump straight into it or have i missed anything no, I think that's about everything. Um, if not, you'll hear the ethereal editor come in and say his bit. Um, <laughs> let's jump straight into it. Your song. What's it called? Okay. This song this week is called The Strangeness of Love. And it goes like this. Could we stand the heat if the worlds were colliding? Nowhere to run when there's nowhere to hide So I lay down my head and I looked up above Tell me, oh Lord, of the strangeness of love And I don't mind letting it all fall into pieces When it feels like I'm falling in love I know when my heart is increasing that I'm bound to fall back to the start Would I take the fruit if the work was provided Or watch you all bask in the sun While I hide in the shade of a tree With the fruits up above And tell you about all the dangers of love And I don't mind letting it all fall into pieces When it feels like I'm falling in love I know when my heart is increasing That I'm bound to wind up at the start Oh, and I don't make it outside Most of the time I'll be secluded I got used to the mind Makes me outside So stare down the mind like you stare out the window And watch as the world files by with your sins Oh, I can't stand the push and I don't like the shove 
Remind me again of the strangeness of love And I don't mind letting it all fall into pieces When it feels like I'm falling in love I know when my heart is increasing That I'm bound to wind up at the start I hate you, Roger. I hate you so, so much. Why do you hate me for? Because it's bloody brilliant. That's why. Oh, you're, you're too you're, kind. You're so annoying when you're so talented. Um, I don't think we're allowed to be friends anymore. I think that's just <laughs> like you're you're too good now. Like this, the show has to end at episode eighty-six. I was hoping we could get to like episode one hundred, but no. This is it. You you you've done that. And so. Then, I take yeah. from your hate that you like it. Oh, I, I love it. And that's why I'm so vehement in my hate for you. Oh, well, I, I really appreciate your hate. Thank you so much. That's really nice of you. It's a healthy relationship we have here on the podcast. Yeah, whenever um, either of us does well at something, we go, I hate you. It's good. No, no, no. Um, but no, I'm, I'm glad you like it. And uh, I, I think this one this week turned out quite well but it didn't come easy i tell you that usually you know how like normally i'll sit down and write a song and i have this whole strike while the iron's hot mentality with songwriting like get it all done in one go for me personally Mm. this week i kind of came up with like a little bit and i was like oh that's a really good little bit let me sit down and try and write this song and i just got to a point where i got annoyed with the song i was like ah i can't i can't write anymore so i had to like go away for a day so this song was literally a weekly song in the sense that it was written on like every single one of the seven days (laughs) well it shows it's like uh nicely structured it's got some beautiful chord work in it the lyric is amazing Um, oh thank you properly amazing and there's like a few nice little tricks there. Like one thing that just stood out to me, because I've been playing this on turbo repeat for about an hour since uh, <laughs> uh, he posted it to me. But um, uh, just one thing I really love is at the end of each chorus, you've got the line, and I go back to the start, and you start playing the intro again. Like It's simple, <laughs> but I just love that little trick. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I was. Um, that was a surprise to me. I was as surprised as you are. Um, uh, that was one where... I started the song with um, the sort of like more um, rolling ding, 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 ding. So obviously I had the the potential baked in for the boom, ka, ka, boom, ka, ka. But I didn't actually add that intro on until I realised, oh, I, I kind of need some sort of an intro before I go into the verse. And so the boom, ka, ka. So that actually came after the I'd written the chorus where I go, no, oh, no, no, back to the start. And I was like, oh, OK, this is good. <laughs> that um, is... That's really interesting to hear that that comes first. It's almost like you write the punchline, then you're setting up the joke. Yeah, it was it was really strange. I mean, this is one of those songs where everything came together and sort of made sense as it came together. Like I said, it came together slowly. But um, the first thing I want to say about this song is basically the first genesis of an idea I had, which was I was uh, just uh, laying around one evening relaxing and... I had my phone next to me as I often do because I'm addicted to it. And <laughs> aren't we all? We all are, and it's a problem. Um, but anyway, that's a completely different conversation for a different show. The weekly, <laughs> the weekly indulgence podcast. Anyway, the weekly so, uh, therapy podcast. I believe we need that at this point. <laughs> oh man, stay tuned because that's what this is going to become very shortly with my lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I was just laying around, uh, and I kind of got this melody slash lyric pop into my head and I, 
every now and then I get one and it's not often then I go oh I've got to record that on my phone it's not even like a guitar riff or anything and I just uh, picked up my phone voice memo on and I recorded this would you take the cow if the milk was provided? Loosen your lips and I'll tell you what I did. I got down on my knees and I got down on my knees and I looked up above. Sailed down to the hills for the strangers of love and I don't mind letting it all go into And um, so what you've just heard is uh, a sample from my actual iPhone. I will say at this point, I actually haven't heard this yet. I'm going to have to hear this once it's been edited. <laughs> so if Roger refers to something really specific and I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, there's a reason for that. <laughs> so um, so basically with that with that recording, I just, I just came up with this lyric and I was like, the lyric sucks, right? But um, the actual... Um, like melody and what I kind of could picture the chords doing underneath was cool. So, I mean, for for you listening in in this moment, uh, and just for repetition's sake, the lyric was, um, "Would you take the cow if the milk was provided?" <laughs> I mean, you can see where that ends up in the final lyric, uh, with that idea, but that's a weird way. Of, <laughs> weird way of saying that. I mean, it, would it's, you take the beef if the steak was provided? It's like a play on of that um, that strange phrase. Um, you know, why would you uh, buy the cow if you get the milk for free? Um, you know, you ever heard that before? Um, something like it. Yeah, so it was just this odd phrase um, to do with sex and marriage, I think. And uh, and I thought, well, that's not really relevant to anything. I'm, you know, that I have on my mind. But that was the lyric that came. You don't have a cow. I don't have a cow, I don't have any milk. I have some coffee, mate. But that's pasteurised milk. But I digress. Um, so I was thinking, you know, th- there is sort of um, potential for that line to to be different and to, you know, I mean, provided rhymes with collided, rhymes with divided. So, I mean, there were things to do with it, which I ended up doing. But I just thought it was funny that it's, this song I ended up quite liking started with this line. I was like, ah, that sucks. You know, the actual lyric. Um, and That's the so, beauty of rewriting. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, and so I kind of went through the verse, and I'll talk about the lyrics um, more in depth in a moment, but um, went through the verse, and I kind of got a basic melody down and sort of recorded that to my phone. I was like, okay, that's the start, that's a verse. Got to the chorus um, where it goes, and I don't mind, let it all fall into pieces. And that's one of those lines that came like wholesale all at one time. I was like, okay, that's good, I'll write that down, record that on my phone. Um, and what I liked about this chorus, and it's not, it's not a world-changing um, technique, and we've all used it before, but I started using um, chords which incorporate the E minor scale, because this song is in E major, um, and I started using chords which um, incorporate notes from the E minor scale. So um, so D major, for example, um, and C major, and so you kind of get that more grand, um, rocky so a, feel. So you end up, uh, if it's in E major, D and C end up being the flat uh, seven uh, major and the flat six major exactly yeah Um, which we've talked about before sorry to cut you off there we've talked about before uh, as being like that very 70s rocky sound if you use them ascending uh i think sos by abba is a very uh well-known example of that at the end of the chorus sorry to cut you off there 
No, that's fine. Um, yeah, so I, I've always liked that. Um, so if you're in, if you're an E major, going C D E because A it's non diatonic and B it has this lovely rising feel. It's um, referred to by some people as the Mario cadence because it's um, how the Mario um, level or something ends. I don't know. I don't play. Oh, the music at the end when you've cleared the level. That's it, yes. Um, maybe we'll hear a clip, maybe we won't. doesn't really matter too much. Um, so, and when I went to that CDE, and I was still playing around with the melody, I didn't quite have it yet, I recorded on my phone, and I got this, um, I got the melody for It Feels Like I'm Falling in Love. But I didn't have the lyrics yet, but it's really cool, because I've never had this before, but I, I actually recorded myself go whoa <laughs> like when i got the melody um so I'll, I'll send you that one as well that um that little clip from my iphone I'll look um, forward to it. Uh, and it's just one of those things that kind of came to me and i was like oh wow okay definitely got to use that and I, but the, at the same time i knew that i had um this melody kind of going round in my head all week which was La, da, 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 which is just walking down the E major scale, um, starting with uh, D sharp. Um, so it's, you know, again, nothing revolutionary, but I knew I had that melody in me all week long and just where to incorporate it. So that's where that line, um, I'm bound to fall back to the start, that line comes in. Obviously, then you're back to the start. Um, that's kind of it musically. I mean, there are some. There's not like a great deal of like super super interesting stuff going on here musically, apart from those non-diatonic stuff in the chorus. But that really provides a contrast to how the verses um, sound. Now lyrically, um, obviously, I had to change that first cow well, line. Before... Yeah, Sorry, go on, um, go on. Bef- yeah. While we're on the music, uh, what's happening with the bridge? I'm pretty sure there's some interesting chords in there, or am I mistaken? Uh, well, so the bridge, um, the whole song up until this point has uh, started on its verse or its chorus with an E major um, including the intro as well um, for the bridge it goes up to the A so you're on the 4 of the, of the scale in terms of numerals um, so you kind of go um, and I won't make it outside most of the time I'll be secluded so that's basically A B um, E sort of thing right mm. but what I'm doing there musically is and I will play this to you just a moment. Just give me one sec. What I'm doing there is um, I'm walking up um, using these sort of like two note chord things, um, which uh, stops. yes, uh, which my dad uh, is a huge uh, proponent of, and he showed them to me when I was younger, and I use them in songs from time to time ever since because I love them. So I go like this: I go from E to A, I go, and then I walk up to like kind of the whole scale. Here I go. So you're kind of going A to B, but you're hitting on the third as the root of B. Rather than playing a B like this, you're playing a B like this. So you're so actually that's... playing everything but the B. Okay, so that's uh, the third and the fifth then. Ah, uh, yes, exactly. And so it's just kind of a, a case of going, um, you know, I don't make it outside most of the time. I'll be secluded. So you could just kind of play A B E. But what I'm kind of doing is matching the melody with, and kind of making the guitar harmonize with what I'm singing. So like, don't make it outside most of the time. Like that. Um, and then uh, the only really uh, other bit in that is when it goes to the end, it goes to uh, a G sharp minor. 
G sharp major seven, and then C sharp minor. So basically, uh, uh, minor three, major three, seven, and then uh, the six, the uh, standard natural six, um, which then uh, leads you to uh, a two major seven. Um, in this case, uh, F sharp uh, major. No. <laughs> In this case, F sharp seven, and then you go back to the verse. Um, does that make sense? Any sense at all? Yeah, I will be putting some chord notes uh, in behind all this. Um, it's really interesting that um, you say, "Oh, there's not a lot musically going on." Then you say, "Well, I've, I've got my major twos, and I've got my, <laughs> I've got my major threes, and the minor threes, and the sixes, and all." Uh, one thing about the rising, the two notes rising up to from A to B to E. Uh, you're doing two sort of rises on the B, which because mm. you're playing uh, something which then has the root of uh, D sharp, and just because of the way five and seven work together as chords, uh, you could potentially claim that as a diminished, uh, a D sharp diminished, if you kept extending that uh, from that root as opposed to a B root. You could absolutely, and it would it would be a really cool reharmonization of that melody. But um, it is a B mm. melody, ultimately. Oh, it is, it is. Um, but I mean, the potential's there with with anything that rises up through its own major scale melodically. You always have the option of like, say, it's hitting on you know the sixth note or the seventh note, the what or have it. You there's always um, reharmonization options. But I wanted to keep this. Um, I mean, it's not simple, but like <laughs> relatively simple melodically, where there's no huge surprises as as far as like, oh, why did he put that chord in, sort of thing. And if anyone would like to send in the jazzified uh, reharmonization of this song, please send it into Weekly Song Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would right, be so amazing. I did cut you off earlier. Uh, you were going into changing the lyrics, so you were saying about how you needed to change the cow and the milk line. Yeah, so, um, I mean, that wasn't... So I start, I had to change the cow and the milk line um, to even kind of start the song, because I like to... When I'm writing lyrics, um, I kind of like to have my first line written, so I know there's something to go on from. Um, so people who have listened to the show before know that I have this technique I like to use, um, which is starting off... Um, the first line of a stanza with if I do 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 and then having the second line being then I will do 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 because it's a good lyrical device and it provides you with some kind of apparatus to actually like to work with um now with this one uh it, it started off with um would you take the cow if the milk was provided so I thought let's keep that kind of thing so would you keep the cow if the milk was provided. So I, I changed that to, could we stand the heat if the worlds were colliding? Um, which rhymes, uses the same structure, lyrically, but has a bit more of a, um, a vagueness to it. So um, so that I could then explore further into the verse. So, um, so if I, it's basically saying, if I was to sort of um, become close with somebody, um, could I stand the changes that that would bring? Um, that's basically what that line's saying. So, and then from then on in, in verse one, I'm talking about uh, kind of being stuck in limbo, lockdown, uh, or just indecision in general, kind of like analysis paralysis sort of thing. Um, so I thought I'd kind of take that concept and go, when there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. 
You know what I mean? Um, so if you're completely stuck, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, all you can do is sort of like look up at the sky and pray, sort of thing. Like, what do I do? Um, mm. So that's that's that line. Um, you know, nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. So I lay down my head and I looked up above. I tell tell me, O oh Lord, of the strangeness of love. So it's like I don't know what to do. So please, God, help me, guide me into growing in love and that sort of thing. I hate talking about lyrics. Uh, <laughs> then why are you on a songwriting podcast, sir? That's very true, very true. Um, so uh, verse two, um, I change it a little bit, but I still have the general lyrical structure of, would I take the fruit if the work was uh, divided or provided? I haven't decided which yet. Um, so then that raises another point. And I just, that was just a thought I had in the week. I was just kind of... Um, I was walking, taking a walk one day, and I just suddenly had this um, this thought, this sort of realization about myself that quite often I won't uh, take the fruits of like a group project. Um, let me put that a different way. Um, I'm not a very good receiver as far as like if somebody's like if we're doing a group project or or something like that. I'll kind of like shirk the responsibility, but also shirk the the fruits of our labor. So it's like, um, I'll just read the lyric again just to kind of like uh, reestablish it in people's minds if they've forgotten, which they probably have. Um, Would I take the fruit if the work was provided or watch you all bask in the sun while I hide in the shade of a tree with the fruit up above and then obviously goes into the chorus and tell you about all the dangers of love. So it changes from strangeness of love to dangers of love. Um, And it's just basically saying, uh, I don't take the fruits of labor um, so I skimp on the work. And that's all that verse is really about. Um, then into the chorus. Um, and then in the bridge, the only line I wanted to really highlight here is the bit where it says at the end, which I was quite pleased with how it came out. It's, it's a metaphor here. So it says, um, I stay inside, uh, safe and secluded, with a gun on my belt and the bullets outside in the street. I love that line. That is a brilliant line. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. I mean, I like it, a lot of the lines. I like all of the lines, but like that <laughs> one was just kind of like, <gasps> oh man, thank you, thank you. Um, I mean, again, it was just one that sort of came out of nowhere, and and it seemed to it seemed to like be a microcosm or an encapsulating there. It encapsulates like the rest of the song in one line. I think so. I mean, a, a gun is useless without bullets. That's what a gun is for. It's for shooting. You know what I mean? So like. I and my potential am useless without the bullets in my so so it's called gun, you know, and um, and they're out there in the world. If I was to just go out in the world and like claim what is rightfully mine as as my potential in life and and blah blah blah, then um, that I could move forward. Um, and so, uh, lastly, um, in the third verse, uh, this kind of touches on something I haven't really touched on before, which is something of big interest of mine is. Um, is meditating and um, and all things that go with that. So verse 3 talks about watching thoughts like people walking by, which is not an original concept of mine. Um, you know, in, uh, in Zen Buddhism, they recommend uh, watching your thoughts like clouds in the sky. You don't get attached to one particular cloud and, like, identify with it. You allow it to pass because everything passes. And so this, this verse, um, so stare down the mind like you stare out the window. Like, you're completely, you're not attached to the people walking by your window and you shouldn't be attached to your thoughts. Um, and watch as the world files by with your sins. So 
all the people walking by, that's kind of like a, a metaphor for all the thoughts going by with all the things you might not like about yourself going by. Don't get attached to them. Um, and then just a kind of simple couplet just to get us back into the chorus. I go, um, I can't stand the push and I don't like the shove. Remind me again of the strangeness of love. <laughs> and then it goes into the chorus. I love that kind of reminder. It's like, oh, back on theme, back on theme. <laughs> yes, it was a bit like that. Like, oh, I've kind of gone off topic a little bit here. Anyway, the strangeness of love. And um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's a really strong lyric. It's a really strong song. I You could do that in so many ways and just... I'm looking forward to seeing where what happens with that next. Um, yeah. And that's it. That's the end of this week's podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, <laughs> no, I think we have another person's song to listen to. No, we don't. Lies. Deception. Every day. More lies. <laughs> Bull gullet. Bull, Bull gullet? <laughs> so, um, um, yeah, that is pretty much all I can think to say about it. And... Um, if you haven't guessed, I actually made notes this week for the first time in a while. <laughs> yeah, I, what I like about that is that it, when I was listening to it, I was just thinking, I think I can tell where the specifics of some of this stuff came from. But then oh, yeah. it also feels very open in terms of like, this could also apply to a lot. So it's kind of like, you know, the sort of duality of being ultra personal and then ultra uh, accessible. I mean... What's the what's our favourite quote that we keep using? That which is personal is universal. It's universal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should have it when whenever we say that, it's not just us saying it, but like a whole crowd of like a hundred people go, That which is personal is universal. But like it should be all sung, That which is personal is universal <laughs> yes. I can now clip my mic a little that. <laughs> But but yeah, I mean it's true. I mean the one tiny little thing is when I got that line, um, I don't mind letting it fall into pieces when it feels like I'm falling in love. I think that's kind of the line that gave me a confidence to like take the song in it like further and like really work on it and try and make myself proud of it because that's not the kind of line I would normally put in a song. It's quite like it's quite honest to be honest. You know, like if I if I feel like I'm falling in love. I'll pretty much self-sabotage it. Or if I feel like I'm making personal progress, <laughs> I will nice sabotage things are happening. that. Why are nice things happening? Nice things aren't allowed to happen. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and again, if you're honest, I think it feeds into that personal universal thing. And now I'm actually done. Mm. Well, like I say, absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, I really look forward to seeing what happens with that in future. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so uh, what's the title of your song? Oh crap! Um, so my song this week is called uh, "A Thousand Months." Here, here you go. Here it is. I can't believe that I looked out this way. It happens that I found the best today. Your head One thousand miles For 
don't know why well i don't know let's let's see what you think about it i think it's really cool what, what, what do you think um this for me is one of those songs that i liked it up until the point i put the words on it and when i put the words on it it's like well this is all it is now oh oh and it's kind of it's simple but it feels a bit too simple at points and it it's it was a weird one basically i'll just take i'll take you through how i ended up writing it this week um i broke lockdown this week technically uh my parents asked me back down to cornwall for a week so i went down there and i took my guitar with me i'm calling the police oh how dare you 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 wouldn't to your co-podcaster who would you get in to do the rubbish songs every week now that isn't true Anyway, carry on. You broke lockdown, you broke the law, and you're a criminal. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I, hark, I can hear the police right now. Um, so, yeah, I took my guitar down to Cornwall for a week. Uh, the thing is, you don't get a lot of time to write when you've gone back down to your parents and your parents suddenly want to make the most of the time that you have together. It's mm. like, oh, okay, right. <laughs> change a scene and i don't get to like artistically use it but that's fair that's kind of like you know a side effect of seeing your family um so i had some time at one point earlier in the week and i was writing this song which had the most chords all the inversions every uh suspension every uh like little movement it had multiple time signatures it had multiple BPMs, and it was just the worst. Like, ugh. Like, like I would too have busy felt or? Far too busy. Ugh. I would have felt dirty bringing it onto the podcast. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was watching a series of documentaries about Paul McCartney. Uh, someone produced one on YouTube. I uh, couldn't remember the name uh, for the life of me. But... Um, I was struck by how in his later career, uh, from like the mid-2000s onwards, uh, there was less need in his own music to sort of prove how clever he was and that a lot of it was just going back to simple songs that sounded good with maybe one or two clever moments in there, like you could say of like the early work of the Beatles. Hmm. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, I'll try and write something simple then. And uh, I ended up, playing around with the just ascending a scale and what I ended up with was that double stop riff that uh, forms the backbone of it I love that riff sec. 
so the uh Uh, which is just ascending. If you're viewing these as parts of a chord, uh, it's from B minor to A, from C sharp minor to B minor, from D to C sharp minor, and then up an octave from B minor to A. So you're playing these all on the G, B, and E strings from the second to the seventh fret. Mm. Um, I thought that's got a bit of nice movement in it, and then I uh, that you sort of want to go somewhere for the spoken part of the verse because I think it'd be a bit busy if you put the vocals on top of that so you end up being able to put a D minor while keeping the A in the bass uh, so you end up with a uh, which is just again taking the flattened third of the chord and just resolving it back down to the major third of the A uh, with the which is fair enough that sounds nice it does um, this song, I think, suffers a bit from its like my standard formula for songs, which is like verse, weird first verse, break, another verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus. Um, so the sort of weird first verse break, which is a trick I use far too much, um, is keeping that A in the bass, but then moving between the uh, G and E fingerings of E, F sharp minor, and D and E, F-sharp minor, and uh, B minor, which is the uh, bit uh, upon my instinct I have relied, that section, mm. which I thought, you know, I was going to write longer verses and come back to it more, but I didn't, and then I wrote something for that, and I thought, well, it's it's kind of in there now, so... Uh. Um, uh, I was struggling for someone to go for a chorus with it, um, so I ended up thinking, well, what if you just broke the diatonicness of it all and went up to B? for the chorus so that's when you get to the with that little uh, hammer on to E uh, or that uh, E in there just to break up the monotony of uh, the vocal line because I realised by this point the vocal line was mainly just going to follow what the guitar was doing mm. and then you just go down to the E for the um, end of the chorus which is just a nice reset because it's a fifth of A to go back into that Oh, that's great. That's a really cool turnaround, that. Uh, thank you. That's actually the... It, so it's you've got uh, the movement in the first part of that is G-sharp to A to B. And then that... The second half is obviously the first part of the main riff, but the first phrase of that is just G, G-sharp, E. Because I was mm. thinking of... Uh, Uh, ah, the what? Rolling Stones. <laughs> yeah, the way the Day Tripper riff like uses uh, the minor third to the major third in its riff, which I think is just one of those really cool moments that no one comments on enough. So cool, isn't it? It's like lovely little bluesy thing. Yeah, love it. Because it, it's so easy to go... And that sounds fine, but it sounds a lot better being... It's a small change, but it does do something. It certainly does. The, the final musical bit of the song was um, the bridge, which is just A to A major 7, and then A7, and then you're just taking, because I'm fingering the third of A on the B string, you're just taking that up uh, to uh, the 7th fret, 
so you can form a D. And you, uh, I'm keeping the A string ringing for most of that. Go up to B at uh, the D there. Turn that into a minor four, and then to an E. And same again, except uh, this time when you get to the minor four, you can then bring that back into the verse. Um, the only other musical thing to say about that is that's probably one of the few times where it doesn't actually, the vocal line doesn't follow the guitar chords, at least not entirely. Because mm-hmm. uh, the first time through, it, you end up with a vocal line. So that's kind of, you're playing the root below the third that's moving. So the notes you're singing on that first bit is B, C sharp, D, but the guitar is playing D, E, F sharp. All right. But so like the two of them together produce or something like that. Um, And then the second time through, you actually match the guitar. So you go from doing to doing just because I felt like being a bit contrary. Oh, that's great. It's a lovely little bit of harmony. And uh, just a quick comment on the main pedal riff. I mean, it, it's so good. It wouldn't sound out of place on Fleetwood Mac's Rumours. Thank you. That, um, that That's a nice thing to say about that. Thank you. Um, so I returned to Bristol on by Sunday, and I still hadn't got the words for it. But it's kind of exists... I think I may have spoken about this before, but it's it existed in that state where... I was quite happy with it. I didn't know what the words were going to be, but provided mm. I could get them to stick the landing, uh, then it, you know, I could see it being something that I could use in the future because it doesn't sound like a lot of my stuff. Like it's something a bit different in that stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, trouble was, I couldn't think of words that sort of fit the tone of it, and so I was get it was just getting quite late, and I thought, right, I've got to pressure myself. So I think it was like half seven. I ordered some takeout food and I thought, right, okay. Come hell or high water, you're having these lyrics done by the time that your food gets here. <laughs> um, That's good motivation. Like, there's nothing like hunger to motivate you, no. Yeah. Um, and I just remember back to... God, this is going to be so nerdy. On the Doctor Who classic series Blu-ray box sets, there's a mouthful for you they tend to have like a new hour long interview with one of the stars of the show at that point and I remember back to there was one with Tom Baker on the first set where he talks about, because he's 80 odd now and he was talking about his life and looking back on it and he said um, something like uh, and life is short and I'm terribly aware of that now you know it's a, a thousand, you know, a thousand months, you know, four thousand weeks, twenty nine thousand days. That would be two point five billion heartbeats. And he was talking about how grateful that his life turned out the way it was, mm. and like the first line of the song, uh, "I can't believe that I looked out this way" is a direct quote from that interview. Oh wow! Uh, so that pop back into my head and I thought okay right I've got that list of numbers I can work that in somewhere which apart from 2.5 billion heartbeats that seemed to work quite well over the chorus mm-hmm. uh, so I thought okay that's fair and then I can't believe 
this way. That fit relatively well over the start. Yeah. So it was then a case of trying to come up with more words upon that theme, which uh, the theme being, aren't I lucky to have had such a privileged life or some, you know, uh, that everything has worked out for me the way it has. Yeah. So that's why you have lines, if you told me this was the path ahead, I'd tell you to go and check your head. Uh, things like that. Or like in the bridge, uh, which is where I ended up fitting the 2.5 billion heartbeats thing. I feel blessed that I can look back upon a shining light that brightened up those days. I like it. So it's kind of got like that positivity uh, look at um, hindsight. Is yeah. that right? Uh, yes. And uh, it's kind of at that point, the song fell apart for me a little bit uh, in that they're, they're, they're nice lyrics, but they're not great. Why do you think uh, that? Uh, they just... Well, I can't relate to them, obviously, um, because I'm not an octogenarian scouser. Um, Aren't you? No, surprisingly not. Um, <laughs> That's a good title, by the way. I'm not an octogenarian scouser. <laughs> yeah, that could go for both the influences this week as well. Um, yes. But um, it it feels very simple. It feels like there's not a lot being said about the subject at hand. And... It's very obvious, I think, that the music has not been rewritten to fit better around the words. Right. Um, which is normally not an issue. Uh, normally, I can sort of black that through or, like, I can modify the words or something. But, like, you've got that break in the first verse, which doesn't need to be there. Or sh if it is going to be there, it should serve a greater purpose with more words or be reinforced later um, and for all the things you could say about looking back on a privileged life you've ended up with a song that's got not a lot of dialogue room essentially mm, the, only, okay. the, the only space in a verse you've got is that well the riff takes up quite a lot of time so, sure sure you can sort of see where I'm coming from with that. I can, yeah. I mean, the thing is that because you wrote it and you know the development process of the song, I think you'll probably hear the gaps and the uh, incongruencies more than I would or more than another listener would, you know? Hmm. Well, that's always going to be the case with um, uh, with music that you write. You're always going to see the spots you couldn't make it work or you think you couldn't make it work. Right. Um but it's just, in this case, I think the thing is, I know I can do better, which is sure. kind of annoying. And it's infuriating after hearing what you brought to the podcast this time. Like, you did such a good song. Oh, I, I can't get over it. You're an annoying git and I hate you. Um, but it's, it seems like you're, you were really happy with the music, right? That's not the first time it's happened. Uh, there have been a few. I can't remember many off the top of my head, but um, I think episode three was one of these where, like, I was happy with the music and I just couldn't get the words to stick the landing. Do you do you not think, as just a question, the writing the lyrics at the same time as a piece of music you're very happy with, like, in, in the same moment, might have it gel better or something? Uh... Yeah. Yes and no, because I've had experiences of both. 
Right. Uh, and I've also had experiences because basically when I get back to work, that's basically how I have to write songs is piecemeal. I have to write like the riff when I've got a free moment and I've got to write the words like at the end of the week when I've been able to put everything together or like, you know, when I have an hour or two to structure things. I have had songs that have come out really quickly. Like, for example, in this run, uh, I think three episodes ago, I connected you. That mm. came out super, super quickly, and I was very, very happy with it. Um, but then I've also had songs that have come out musically really quickly, and the words come out quickly after that, but the words do the same thing of like not living up to the potential of the uh, musical material. Yeah. And mm. so I think generally writing the whole thing in the block of space altogether is a good idea but it's not a guarantee to make it fit and also when you write words at the same time is different to when i write words at the same time because even when i'm writing words at the same time i'm getting the music done and then i'm immediately going back and putting the words in whereas like you described in this session your words sort of form as the melody forms yes it's um, um yeah go on sorry which is kind of you're kind of getting the both world best of both worlds out of writing the words first and then writing the music first because you're kind of doing that together. I find mm. it very difficult to work that way. I'll have like when I scat phrases, words will form out of scatting the phrases, but I I I genuinely can't <laughs> think in terms of trying to sort the two at the same time. Mm. I I just think it's a really interesting. I mean, I have no like take away from it but i think it's an interesting debate we often come back to on the podcast and it's not like there's of course it's not like there's one way to write songs there are as many ways to write songs as there are songwriters which i think is really important to remember hmm. but um the the order in which a person writes their chords melody lyrics um and that can be in any any of those orders is really interesting to me um i again i do think that the writing in a short period of time um all at once i i really think that's the best way for me but like i say that's different for everybody um uh, it's it's nice yeah. to have the time to be able to do that once you have an idea that works to be able to work on it and work on it and work on it until you've got something perfect but it's not mm. practical in some cases like for example like i say when i have to go to work and i've got busy evenings and i've got other things to do i have to write piecemeal and songs do come together out of that that fit really well i think lucky numbers was one of them that was a bit piecemeal but that i ended up really liking how that came together mm. uh, yeah totally i think one thing to sort of say with that is yes there are as many ways to write songs as there are songwriters and you'll have ways that work for you um or like a particular method that will seem to produce good results consistently. It's just a matter of like remembering that's not the only way you can write songs. Like there are other ways to try. So if you feel like your usual results are maybe not getting you the best that you can get this week at all. <clears throat> Don't know who that could be referring to. Uh, <laughs> it's up to yourself as an artist, as a creative individual to try and look for new ways to encourage creativity. Absolutely. Uh, whether, that, whether that be saying, right, I'm going to write the song backwards this week. I'm going to start with the last note and work forwards. Or I'm going to write the words first. Or I'm going to base this uh, on history. Or I'm going to do something or other. 
Absolutely. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's uh, again, it's a debate that doesn't really have a resolution to it. Um, Apart from I, be better. <laughs> I do think that there is something to, to be said, um, and I, I know I sound like I'm beating a dead horse here, but for writing all in one go, um, even if... Because we were talking about scatting, weren't we, and how... Um, I mean, the the first line of my song this week, um, just real quick, is is a good example of where I scattered this line, which was awful, but it ended up turning into the other thing. So it's like I was able to capture the melody, the lyric, and the potential chords underneath, and then later change the lyric. But the melody and the um, the intonation and phrasing was already there, despite the lyric being shit. Hmm. Um, I, I mean that's that's yeah. different to working on the words at the same time. I feel though, like um, that's getting the melody line sorted as you're working on chords and sort of where the pauses lie and where the strong beats are in a sentence. Which that's is not true, necessarily yeah. the words to me. Well, it's not the words, it, it's the, but, but it's it is it is um, it is kind of where the rhyme happens and where each word, like you, you go, oh, that word, no matter what it ends up being, has this many syllables and starts with a with a t, a s, or like a hard sound and ends with a soft sound. So in a way, it is writing the words because it's like, although you don't might not have a subject matter at the time, the fact that the first word of a thing of um, a line could be substantial, you know that it's three syllables starts with a hard sound and ends with an L, and so like you already have a, a pretty good idea of like where it's going to go in terms of uh, enunciation, if that makes sense. Uh, for me, that falls under sorting out the melody, sorting out the vocal shapes and everything. But that's like differences in terminology. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just think uh, I don't know. Um, We'll move on in a moment, but I just think yeah. that the the having having it all at the same time, even if one part of it is uh, not up to par, allows you to then move on to the next section organically. Because you can um, always come back and rewrite. Like that's a that's the beauty of a creative craft is that once you've finished something, it's not set in stone like that forever. So if you're not happy, like you were saying with your song this week, you weren't happy with the cow line or you can go back and edit that later but you've got something then that leaps you on to the next section yeah exactly yeah so we've had an email in uh from noah med and he writes an email titled question for le podcast uh mm. and it goes roger mentions in the writes a song on air podcast that he might do one about chords soon it would be great to hear your thoughts on when to use chord extensions slash variations etc in particular diminished chords roger Yes, well, give me just a moment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I thought um, you were ready. <laughs> I'm br- bringing something else. This will be, it'll be easy to edit. I'm just um, bringing up. Um, no, I'm leaving this in. This is your punishment for oh not being God. on the ball. I'm oh going to fill up God. the space with uncuttable jokes. Why did the chicken cross the road? I'm ready Who now. Who cares? It's a chicken. <laughs> chicken 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 um so uh, basically uh he's referring to uh noah thank you for the email by the way um noah's referring to episode 78 where i wrote a song in real time on the show and i spoke a little bit about chords in that but i was wondering if noah had heard episode 77 where i write a song in c um and uh and that it's not so much about writing the song as it is about talking about um, the different ways Roman numeral chords can be used and um, di- diatonic and non-diatonic chords to be, can be used. 
And I think that's a pretty good example of that. Um, but um, to address it a little further, because I think it would be cool to do an episode about chords, I was yes, thinking between would. this season, season nine and season 10, so, you know, uh, in the sort of... Uh, the next gap between seasons. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was thinking we could do uh, a one-off uh, standalone episode about that, talking more about... Uh, diminished chords and uh, minor plagal stuff and whole tone stuff. suspensions, that sort of thing. Yeah, it would be kind of cool to have an episode that was like, that touches on all that stuff more uh, more in depth. Can I just add uh, uh, thoughts on how to use in particular diminished chords all the time, wherever you can. Diminished <laughs> chords are the best. They are so <laughs> ugly, but they are so beautiful. All of them, everywhere, all the time. Now! I mean, it would be a cool episode to do because, like, I think the way you use diminished chords and the way I use diminished chords, we approach them both from different angles. Like, there are certain chords when I'm writing where I'll put in a diminished chord as a re- like as a substitute for another chord. So, mm. and I know that you do it different from me, and that would be a cool episode. So, I think that's a good impetus to do that. Thanks. Yeah. Well, one good person just to finish up on diminished chords because I fucking love them. Uh, one good artist to look at for use of diminished chords is George Harrison, in particular the songs Beware of Darkness and uh, Isn't It a Pity? They're both used really well in that. So there's your homework. Go away and do that while we finish the season and get that episode together. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, thanks for the email, Noah. And um, is any feedback like that is so... Um, we're always very grateful for... And, uh, we feel validated when we get correspondence. And look how easy we were like, yeah, we'll do that. So any any ideas anyone has, um, just send them on in. Oh, I could send in an email saying, let's get that idiot Declan off the show. We'll agree to that. We agree. To- <laughs> <laughs> Why would you send an email to your own show? <laughs> to remove it yourself. Won't, it won't be me. It'll be my split personality. I'll go fight club on this. Spoilers. Uh, Rusty Shackleford. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, moving on. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to send in an email, if you've got a song that you've written in a week, if you've just got some opinions that you would like to share, um, why not send in an email to weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on iTunes. You can leave reviews and likes and things. And uh, We're on Podbean, apparently, and we presumably exist in other places on the internet. Uh, if we haven't mentioned them, uh, you shouldn't be surprised by now. This has been the case for several weeks running. Where can they find your music, Roger? As always, you can find my music at rogerheathers.com. I'm also very active on Instagram. Um, fairly a- active on Twitter and both of those are just at Roger Heathers um, always working on new stuff and a lot of the songs uh, from this season of the podcast if you've enjoyed them are going to end up on an album down the road so do give me a follow um, particularly on Instagram that's a pretty good place to keep a- keep tabs on me and yeah and let me know what you think of my older stuff as well um, where can they find you Declan? Uh they can find me on DeclanKitchener.bandcamp.com where I currently have my EP, The Captive Audience, which was released a couple oh, of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, and it's good. Uh, it's very good. Actually, this will be Bandcamp Friday when this goes out, won't it? Oh, yeah, Bandcamp Friday. So if you head to RogerHevers.com, which is a link to Roger's Bandcamp and to mine, and if you like the sound of anything you like to hear there and you think, gee willikers, I shall buy that, um, we actually, I think we get all the profits for that or they sort of, forego their uh, bank camp forego their share of it don't they 
Yeah, I think so. And uh, so- something like that. It's it's basically good. And it, it obviously it really helps us, and it helps any musicians that you support who are on Bandcamp. You know, people who've been on the show before: Jackie Cohen, Lunacy, Doctor Danny, uh, Grip Grand, Declan, me. All these people. You know, all these cool, cool people. All these um, people with shiny white teeth. I, in particular, recommend Weekly Songs 1 to 14 because that's a collection of weekly songs that we did before we actually started the show. I was actually going to say, sorry, to, I'm getting the ending off track here, but right. uh, I, the All Song This Week has kind of given me vibes of like Those Boys Are Idle, 144P, uh, that magician, particularly the bridge where you sort of end up going, you use your like real high falsetto voice that I've not heard you use properly in a while. So I was getting five year flashbacks to that and I was very happy. Oh man, yeah, it's um it's been a while since I've used that high voice. Um and I think it has it definitely has its place and I'd like to use it more. It's just a case of like finding little bits to to use it in. But but yeah, so um weekly songs one to fourteen is me um before my balls dropped, so give it a listen. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh with that we shall leaving you on that beautiful note. Actually, no, I should mention we do have a YouTube and a Facebook, both weekly song podcasts. Just search them. We've got one or two things up there and we do not update them clearly or fastly or uh enough uh that sentence is getting away from me so i shall actually stop the podcast now before it goes even wronger um see you next week ta-ra ta-ra